cardigan Welcome to the land of fame excess Am I gonna fit in? Jumped in the cab, here I am for the first time Look to my right and I see the Hollywood sign This is all so crazy Everybody seems so famous And welcome back to Pace the Nation I'm your host, Chris Farley And as always, I'm joined with Joanna E. Russo Joanna, how are you doing? Good I feel like I should explain my music choice for today. Yeah, I was going to ask. Um, I deviate a little from my normal choices because um, the real Chris Farley is not here. So I thought this was a good excuse to party in the USA. Yes, everybody's partying in the store, partying on the show. And as always, William E. Docs. Docs, looks like you're having a great hair day. Uh, what's up, guys? Pretty good intro. Thank you, Docs. Yeah. Or uh, Farley. I'm not sure who I'm talking to. Well, I was just reading the script as written. Uh, okay. Uh, but we we do have uh, Chris Farley joining us today by phone. Joanna's in studio along with Docs. We still have to work even though the boss is on vacation, which uh, kind of sucks, although we do have a short window and then we can get back to the uh, mar- the, the martini bar uh, and, the, and the frozen margarita <laughs> stand. Uh, which is set up in the store. Join us. Today's the last day that, that uh, we will have frozen margaritas on, on location uh, because Farley is coming back. Um, Farley, where are, you, where are you calling from? Well, I, I, I'm i sorry I'm missing the fro- frozen margaritas the one day that I'm gone. Oh, um, uh, Joanne? One day? <laughs> yeah, jo- I, Joanne I also is, is, is telling me that uh, I wasn't supposed to say anything about the frozen margaritas in store, so scratch that. Right. So maybe you can edit that out. Um, I'm calling from uh, Long Beach Island in New Jersey on a family vacation. And uh, we've been here for a week. And, uh, you know, I, I appreciate you guys uh, wanting to continue to put out the show. We could have just taken a week off. But uh, I have to say it was Docs and Joanna who led the charge. And, um, you know, here we are again, back again another week. So I, I, I'm going to apologize from the from from the get go. I may have to to uh, leave the show a little early today, uh, but we do have an exciting guest that I'm sure you guys can do the heavy lifting on and and make it a good show. Well, you know, Chris, I still had a lot of work that I was doing on my vacation <laughs> that was more than thirty minutes. <laughs> that's, that's true. And now, when I think back of when you were on your vacation, you definitely called in and were uh, on the show for at least an hour, if not an hour and a half. And actually, you um, you got us a, a very good guest, too, that when, uh, when we got Rick Wilhelm on, too. So I, I don't know why I... Um, why you're limiting us to 30 minutes of yeah, your time. Yeah, only 30 minutes, yeah. 10, I, ten yeah. minutes, which is not even going to go on the, on the show. <laughs> right, exactly. But sticking with tradition, uh, I, I assume you secured a, a famous guest... Uh, while you were at the beach, <laughs> didn't find whoa, whoa, whoa. He's not at the beach. He's at the shore. Oh, he's at the shore. Yeah, yeah. sorry, my bad. Oh, at the shore. Yeah, that's that's Jersey talk. I did. Um, yeah, I, I did not find a guest yet. Uh, there's a number of people running out here, which is was very pleasing to me. But uh, there's no, um, you know, VPs of specially run sales here, or um, you know, the likes of Kerry Gallo or anybody that I could find here. Um, sounds sounds to me I like guess, you're not trying hard enough on your vacation. I guess I could have brought on Julie, who, who my wife's here. So I guess I could have brought her on the show. Uh, yeah. But 
I think we'll we'll have to save her for a, an in studio appearance. Yeah, exactly. Um, and a lot of people asking when she's going to be on. Um, you know, she was asking the same thing. I don't know. I, we'll have to ask <laughs> our our producer. Uh, you know, there's, it's such a book. To, it's such a it's such a hard list to 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 crack. There, we got so many potential guests. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. So I have no idea one, what you're talking one, about. One point. <laughs> right. So we got we but, got a lot to get into yeah. today. Uh, maybe maybe we ought to talk about that. We've got a social media update. We have uh, we're following Carrie's progress in Europe. We're going to talk about your vacation, uh, your running, uh, mm-hmm. and we have a, a guest today. CEO of Pacers, Kathy Dalby, is going to be in studio. So. No, I, I, no, that's exciting that Kathy's going to join us. I'm sorry I'm not going to be in studio for that, uh, Doc and Joanna. She's got a number of things to talk about, but we really couldn't figure out what exactly she should talk about, just to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit. She um, wanted to talk about women's soccer, and I was like, this is a running show. Uh-huh. So, so yeah, I, I kind of nixed that. And also, I know how much Doc's is into soccer. I felt like this could be like an hour and a half show if we mm-hmm. weren't careful. So yeah, we can uh, we can do that. We can talk we can talk women's soccer. You're not going to be here. Yeah, we can just <laughs> make our own decisions. <laughs> I, I think I had the I think I heard earlier that I have a green light to do whatever I want today. So yeah, well, uh, I'm, thank you, know, you for bringing that up. The show is good with the caveat as long as the show is good, Doc. Uh-huh. Well, um, thanks thanks for bringing that up. Uh, that that's a <laughs> potential topic. But uh, yeah, so Kathy will join us later. Uh, since we're on a limited time uh, with with uh, Farley here, why don't you give us an update on your running? Do I do I understand that you're running again? I, I am running. So uh, Robert Belanders, um, my my PT there in Washington D.C. He's great at, at sports and spinal uh, in D.C. Uh, he 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 said that I did not have a, a fracture. In my metatarsal, which was exciting, but we just did a uh, an X-ray to be sure. So I went to um, Dr. Lee Firestone, another stud, so the uh, doctor in the area for runners. He did an X-ray and said, "You know what? Just put um, a metatarsal pad underneath your both your shoes, and you probably can start running. If the pain doesn't go to a you know an eight or a nine, if it just stays you know at two or three, then he said I'd be fine." So put that in and I've run every day since I'm not sure that's exactly what you prescribed but uh, I've been running started running uh, I did four miles and then I did six miles I've been mostly doing you know four to six miles of the past week and you don't have that any pain is, I do have some pain but uh, I got the green light from two of the best doctors in DC uh, running wise so um, you know the, the tricky thing is when you go to these running these guys who are hardcore runners like the Landers and Firestone these guys are going to err on the side of letting you run, which is great. So they're going to give you, they're going to let you, uh, you know, hear what you want to hear. But uh, I would imagine if I went to another doctor who wasn't a runner, um, they probably might have said, hey, take another week or two off before you really, really get back out there. So I thought that was, you know, kind of a an interesting dilemma that runners might have. You go to a runner who is a doctor, you know, they're obviously going to let you probably run earlier. Uh, if you go to somebody who doesn't run, they're going to err on the side of conservatives. So, Every doctor uh, that I've been to that says, 
that that I say like yeah I have a running injury if they don't if they're not a runner themselves they're like oh you should just give up running entirely I know I know exactly which is obviously a, a terrible idea so uh, I got to give props to Golanders and Firestone uh, they g- gave me some stretching exercises uh, some uh, like I said a metatarsal uh, pad underneath my foot very simple fix that I put in my new shoes I got new shoes and. I've been running with relatively with relatively a little bit small amount of pain. So So, that that is very exciting news. Yeah, I mean, for for anybody who who tuned Farley out on the medical talk, uh, (laughs) I'll just sum it up. He went to two different doctors, and they they said that he was being a little baby. (laughs) Right. They said you you should keep running. Stop crying about your foot and keep running. That's good foot news, there, doc. Yeah, that's that's really. But I I really do recommend both these guys. They're uh, they're, they're, they're doctors who, who can work on knees and foot, feet and shins and hips and uh, so any injury that you have, um, highly or recommend. Or any non-injury Anderson that you have. <laughs> what, what did she say? Or any non-injury that you have, like you. Or any non-injury that you have. They'll just yeah. scream like that, too. Yeah, they'll, no they'll check you out when, when, when you're just being a little prima donna. So I am, I am back running. I'm very excited about that. Uh, so you'll see the, the guy biking up. Uh, the hill from Roslyn to Clarendon. That'll be me again. I'm sure you guys have missed me on that trek. But uh, yeah, I'll be be back back home Sunday running soon. So looking forward to uh, hitting the trails in DC once again. Great, can't wait. Um, <laughs> we have some other running news. Pace the Nation podcast guest Carrie Gallagher is still still over there setting PRs in in uh, Europe. What's, what's she been up to, Joanna? So Carrie ran another huge PR. So in the 800, her former PR was 205.9, and she just ran 202.6 in Belgium. Hmm. She, she, must have been, she must have held back towards the end because she had the potential to go to flat point nine. Yeah, I mean... With the, po- the five-second podcast boost. Well, actually, I had, a, I had a question about that. Do you think that the podcast magic... Um, depreciates over time. Like maybe she wasn't able to get the full five second PR because it's been a while since she's been on the show. All all uh, empirical evidence points towards that being correct. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So so and, and, so she should have run I, that eight hundred like the next you. day or in the same meet. She should have entered the eight hundred and the fifteen hundred. If she wanted a five second PR, in both. Wanted, yeah. 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 That's a good point. So uh, so we using more science, we we figured this out uh, with the podcast bump does depreciate over time so you got to get that race in immediately after the, the the podcast appearance i'm surprised i couldn't convince anybody here at the jersey shore to uh come on the show with this type of incredible evidence that we have but that is awesome for carrie uh she is on fire and hopefully she can just keep it going i'm sure she i'm sure she will yeah congrats carrie that's awesome uh she also i think she said on twitter that she can't guarantee it was the podcast, we can, but definitely not saying it wasn't. Might need to stop by before Beijing. I would say so. I would agree. If if she wants to run fast, or maybe maybe uh, Wazel can fly us out there uh, so that that she can be on the podcast before each heat. That I think that would make the most sense. I think that we should probably talk to Wazel because they probably have some other athletes that are going to be there, right? So we, we could talk to yeah, we can put their other athletes on as well. Yeah. I'm just thinking like it's it's good for their brand if if uh, Carrie's world champion. 
I agree. Uh, so, and this is this is probably more important than anything that Sensuitz is telling her. <laughs> well, I agree. Congrats, Carrie. We'll 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 talk offline uh, to to figure out how best to get the uh, further five second bumps um, in, into your your race schedule. All right. So, so, so Docs, you just were uh, referencing that uh, tweet from Carrie. She said uh, specifically, "I can't guarantee it was the podcast, but definitely not saying it was. It might be stopped by before Beijing." I think I just read exactly what you just said. So, <laughs> sorry about that, but. We can get into other uh, other tweets of the week. We had uh, a number of uh, new followers and, and some good feedback this week. I don't know if we've decided uh, who our tweet of the week was. Yeah, we, we, we know. We, we had oh, a okay. lot of good contribution this week for tweet of the week. Um, I think it's a good – I think it's obviously a good contest. Are you willing to put another – twenty pacers bucks on the line for next week? I think I think that, that we definitely definitely should. But we can go through and read some of the ones that didn't win. Um, if you guys have that yeah. handy. I mean frequent contributor Satya Morthy gave us some good advice. He said we can get the Edison bulbs on Amazon, cut out the uh, our, our our Chinese or Japanese supplier. Uh, I don't Are know. the Edison bulbs ever ever gonna die? No, I no. hope not. I hope not. Well, thank you, Santia. That's a uh, that's a good good point. Amazon may be easier than going through our friend who keeps tweeting us. Yeah, although um, I think it's a good suggestion. I'm I'm not going to go to Amazon on this one because uh, I I want to support our followers. That's true. You know? Good point. No okay. matter where they are. It's true. We have a, a tweet from Stephen Lyko saying there are literally no studies proving it doesn't lead to significant performance improvements. Hashtag tweet of the week question mark. That's a good point. This is this is in regards to the Kerry Gallagher PR. That's true. There are no studies proving that it doesn't, and so far one study that proves that it does. Uh, so the evidence is in our favor. Yeah. Unfortunately, Stephen, uh, not tweet of the week, but keep trying. Yeah. Appreciate the pre- appreciate the feedback. Joanna trying to get in on tweet of the week, uh, even though she's not eligible. <laughs> posting a, a picture of uh, her and her nemesis. Wearing the same sunglasses, so basically you and and Mr. Run Washington wear the same sunglasses, and then you and Farley wear the same shirt. <laughs> this is, this is your thing. I like to have a matching piece, mm-hmm. and, you know, with with people. It's one way to go about life. Uh, but it is it is an excellent picture, and then uh, with uh, Biggie and Tupac uh, together before their famous feud. Um, let's just hope that your feud doesn't go the same way theirs did. I think they patched it up, Docs. It sounds like they they were good after the show last week. It's not good for the show if if they're friends, so we'll find some other <laughs> wedge to drive between them. True. Well, Farley started the original fe- uh, feud, so I'm sure he'll find something else. I will stir something up, I'm sure. Satya, great episode of Pace the Nation this week. Am I right that the rivalry of Jatorius DC and Run Washington is the fault of Run Pacer? And it 100% is. Mm-hmm. You're correct. And if, you're, and if it's hard to follow, it's basically the rivalry between Charlie and Joanna. My fault. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. I pitted them against each other because they were both my first choices for the podcast. No, no, no. Charlie was the first choice <laughs> yeah, for right. the podcast. We don't need to go down this road again. And this is this is why you and I are rivals, because uh, Joanna and Charlie were your 1A and 1B choices. Yeah. 
So that 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 decision making put you in a lot of hot water and and caused a lot of beef, which is good for ratings. <laughs> we have a positive music feedback. So this this uh, combats with Peter Russo, who who always hates our our music. Uh, but he says, I, I dig the Bertha opener for the pod. Oh, so, but I didn't actually really choose that. So <laughs> Good. So then you should be mad at the guy who did choose it, Mr. Run Washington. Oh, the feud, the feud, the continu- feud is back. It yeah. continues. Uh, thank you, Jason H., uh, for uh, stoking that fire. I think your, your dad did tweet, but not to Pace the Nation, about the music. I think it was a direct tweet, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, he complained that there was still no meatloaf. The normal complaint. My dad said, um, another entertaining podcast, but fake Grateful Dead, still no meatloaf. That's a good point. Uh, was meatloaf not in the Grateful Dead? You know, I thought he was too, but apparently not. Apparently not, yeah. No. Shoot. At least not in the current band. Not, he maybe- might have been in the original lineup when Jerry Garcia was still there. Yep. See, because I, I could have sworn it's like two weeks. I thought that that was the, the Jay-Z collaboration with Meatloaf and the, the, the new Grateful Dead with Meatloaf. We tried, Dad. We tried to get Meatloaf in there. Yeah. We, I guess we just don't know enough about Meatloaf to, to pull this off. Yeah, I guess that's definitely true. It's on us. Chris, Chris Jeddon wrote us back and he said, you guys had a lot of questions on Pike's Peak. Do you want answers in tweet form, email, or verbal? Happy to talk about it on the podcast. Ooh, he wants to be a guest. Yeah, we should call him. We sh- we should call him and talk about the Pikes Peak race. I'd be interested. Can can the intern get on that? Do we, can we ask? Can the intern reach out to uh, Chris Jetton? Maybe he could be available at his lunch break, and we could get him on. Who, Chris? Yeah. Or or the intern. <laughs> the intern too. Yeah. We'll we'll talk to the intern, and 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 then we have to talk to our producer. But uh, I I think we all vote that let's do that. Yeah, I like it. So then Kelly Grant wrote, loved hearing from at Run Washington. Keep up the good work, Charlie. Looking forward to the next issue. That's uh, that's more of like Charlie love than it is podcast love. I don't know if... Uh, yeah, just keep us out of that. Don't yeah. tag us in the next time you do that, Kelly. Yeah, Kelly, no no favorites on that tweet. Um, I, I enjoyed this, this exchange. There's a post from Pacers Running. Turn back... What is it? Turn back time or turn back Thursdays? Throwback Thursday? All right, all right. Shut up. (laughs) Throwback Thursday to last year's Crystal City Twilighter 5K. uh, And then they posted a picture and Satya says, is that run Pacer in the foreground? Pacer's running says, it is. Everyone knows he wears the long shorts. Hashtag Pace the Nation. And Satya says, the long shorts are totally what tipped me off. So there you go, Farley. You're being recognized by your ridiculous long shorts. I I know you can't stand... Me, me defining myself as a long shorts kind of guy, mm-hmm. but it is what it is, Docs. I don't, I don't mind I don't know, that you. I, I don't know why that irri- it irritates me that you brag about it. And why it irritates you? Why you brag about it? I don't brag about it. I just am stating a fact. This actually, this actually brings something to light, though, because my mom was offended that Chris called her out for having the egg picture. Yes, and then she got mad at Chris because she's she's like, "Well, you can't even see his face in his picture." But now I get it; it's a picture of the shorts. Oh, yeah, he wanted to get the shorts in the shot. Yeah, <laughs> I think you're you're analyzing that a little too much, but I like where you're going with it. Fine. All right. Well, finally, we have the tweet of the week. The $20 Pacers Bucks winner, Mike McGrady, is at Pace the Nation. Just ran the six-mile loop at Stony Creek. Took at Pace the Nation with me. Loved the show. 
I'm one of the eggs. <laughs> and of course, he's referring to the fact that I can't stand uh, anybody who's got their Twitter avatar as an egg. That's right. And now um, you have to give now you have to give one of those people twenty pacers bucks. I will, I will happily give Mike a, a twenty dollars gift card to pacers. Uh, Mike, we will direct message you, and we're we're going to uh, organize that uh, our, offline. Our but, intern uh, will yeah, be in touch. Yeah, our intern will be in touch. We appreciate your listening, and uh, hope to see that egg as something different very soon. I'm happy with the egg. It's fine with me. So we had. Uh, a- we will do it next next week too, Doc. We'll do uh, twenty twenty pacers bucks to the tweet of the week. That'll be. Uh, on next week's show as well. All right, we have a uh, we have one more tweet not eligible also for uh, tweet of the week contest, uh, but it is from today's guest Kathy Dalby. She says, "For the record, at Run Washington and I go go to eat often, sometimes for steak and eggs at two a.m. No Run Pacer in attendance." Hashtag fact checker. Yeah, um, I guess after the um, the Run Washington party that docks, you were not invited to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're on the list for next year. Oh yeah, I can't uh, wait. Annual run, annual run Washington party. Um, when uh, Charlie Band um, is in rare form, I guess Kathy and Charlie went out for steak and eggs. And FTR, which uh-huh. is for the record, I believe, I was out of town on a business trip last year, or I probably would have made that steak and egg two a.m. check-in. Yeah, right. But that's just that's just. Uh, that's that's the reason why I probably wasn't there. I wasn't able to attend the party last year. Yeah, but not but, so much of making it about you, uh, FTR. <laughs> uh, it's really about you not taking me and Joanna out to eat. Uh, I think that's really that's what true. we're driving at. And and just to uh, prove that I'm the best host that, that Pace the Nation has had, there are uh, snacks today. I can confirm that. Wow. So step right, your game you up when you get me. back from, from the beach, yep. will you? The shore. I will. Oh, yeah, the sure. Well, well guys, th- sorry I'm not going to be able to join the rest of the show, but uh, glad that we continued on our weekly show and um, look forward to seeing you guys back in the studio next week. Yeah, thanks thanks for gracing us with your presence, and, and uh, <laughs> we'll clean up the store before you get back. All right. All right, we'll be right back with Kathy Dalby. Welcome back to the studio. We are joined by Kathy Dalby, CEO and partner of Pacers Running. Kathy, how are you doing today? Great. Thanks for having me. Kathy is a already starting the guest spot on the right foot. She brought snacks. I did. Um, and they're very good snacks. Much better than the snacks that I provided. So No, peaches uh, are good, but right. it's nice to have a little variety. Yeah, yeah, sure. I, I mean, good for Kathy, you know. Like, I, I like our guests that, that know how to play the game. Yep. You know? Uh, the guests that come in here and, and, and think that we need to cater to them uh, are not going to be asked back. The, the guests that come here with, with gifts and praise for the show, uh, we, we love having back. So on that note, Kathy, how much do you like our show? I love the show. Oh, that's good to hear. It's amazing. I've listened to the show coast to coast at this point. I was in Boston and, and listened to the show. That was the one when you were deciding the name of the show. Uh, I was in Seattle couple weeks ago was listening to a segment there so i love it and and uh for those of you that that don't know how sincere 
Kathy's being. She actually submitted a few uh, suggestions for the show name, so she's also been uh, with the show from the beginning, mm-hmm. and we appreciate that. Uh, and also, uh, you have uh, recommended the show to other listeners, absolutely, uh, and, and we appreciate that. And so, anybody that in, anybody who whose attention was brought to the show from Kathy, please tell three more people. Perfect. Okay, great. So, Kathy, as CEO and partner of Pacers. Uh, what what exactly is it that you do for Pacers? So I do a lot of the back-end business work. Uh, I really oversee finance and marketing and strategy. Um, certainly everyone is familiar with your co-host, Chris Farley, uh, whose job really is... Um, to wear more- big shorts and races. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we he's really in charge of the store operations. He oversees that. And then I kind of take care of the back-end work. And how long have you been with Pacers? You know, I started on the floor in July of 2002. So I've been with Pacers for a really, really long time. Wouldn't there be like child labor laws against that? Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> exactly. Well, yeah, no, it was a part-time job, and I kind of just showed up, and they were shorthanded one day on a Saturday, and I went in with a friend, and I just started working. That's basically how I started. Are you still friends with that friend? You know, I see her on Facebook now and then, mm-hmm. but no, I should give her a call. Yeah, give her a shout out. Yeah. Look what she started. Exactly. Yeah. Get her to follow the show. <laughs> That's what I was angling at, yeah. <laughs> um, who's the friend? Do do I know that person? I don't think so. She was from a, her name is Carrie Dresser. She got married. I don't mm-hmm. think you probably ever interacted with her. Because she got married? Because she got married. <laughs> and she has twins. Twins. For people who don't know, Tim and I have known each other for 15 years. So. Yeah, since I think was it was a fifth grade or fourth grade. Easily. Yeah. Birth. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so we're, we're only 15. <laughs> Wait, you've known each other since fifth grade? If, for 15 years, yeah. Oh. 15 years ago. Oh, Do the math. Yeah. I yeah. get it. My, my, <laughs> I keep forgetting how young Docs is. <laughs> and it doesn't show, unfortunately. Especially when you don't know what uh, TBT means. <laughs> <laughs> um, NBD. There you go. Good good use of um, some good initials. Hashtag. Yeah. So, so you started out on the floor. I did uh, many, many years ago mm-hmm. a, as a fifth grader. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us about your your career arc with uh, Pacers sure. from there? Sure. How, how does one go from slinging shoes on the floor to to running the empire? Yeah. Well, you know, it was a part time job, and I was working in a bunch of law firms and was doing a lot of really boring stuff and went back to school, got my master's in public health, went back and was working in um, Medicare reimbursement, which sounds as exciting as you would think. And Chris calls me one day and says, you know, you really should, we should really do something big. And that's before the events company really took off. And he really convinced me to to take the leap of faith and really, you know, make the jump. So I kind of credit him for that. And my parents were really supportive because we actually formed another business and they helped fund that, similar to Chris's story on the retail side. So that's kind of how it started. And so then you formed uh, Pacers Events. Yeah. And, and at that point, it was, you know, I wasn't really willing to take a big risk without, you know, an upside of rewards. So we, you know, we formed a separate company and mm-hmm. worked out great for us and, really integrated with what the Farleys were doing and you know it's been it's been really a family enterprise I'd say both his family and my family for now geez 10 years and your mom works for the for, she the, does. for the empire as well right she's amazing she's our bookkeeper so call it empire <laughs> yeah <laughs> the empire. yeah she's great she uh 
she does all the bookkeeping. And so she always sees my credit card bills and asks why I'm always going to all these bars. And I say it's business mm-hmm. development. It's, it's just business. It's just business, it's just mom. It's business, mom. Jeez. Yeah. So then that formed and then you transitioned to... Yeah, so we kept, we kept the businesses kind of separate just from a from a management standpoint, and you know, business is always ever evolving, and you know, we kept building stores and we kept adding locations and events, and then we bought the we obviously bought the magazine. So you know, every couple years we need to reorg. So this is how we reorganize and putting everything kind of under one organizational structure. Right. Basically, we're trying to make this. Uh, uh, podcast profitable so that you guys will buy this as well <laughs> that's that's the goal well i want um, to turn it public then we you know mm-hmm. that's, yeah. that's that's the long range well, goal. i'm just 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 counting the time until pacers comes and 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 adds this to its empire exactly so right now it's unaffiliated <laughs> um and the magazine that kathy is referring to is run washington so charlie who we had on was the or is the editor of run washington it used to be called the washington running report correct um and so you serve as publisher for i am run washington so can you talk a little about what that role entails sure so the publisher really is the not super fun side but it's it's good it's you know making sure that the distribution is right and the the layouts get done and um, overseeing the sales and all that. So it really allows Charlie to do what Charlie's really good at, which is finding the story behind the story and really creating some really great editorial content. And we've really tried to keep it separated from the store because as we know, DC has so many different groups that like to run or stores or competitors or whatnot. So it's really completely an editorial divide from from any of our initiatives. And I think that's what makes it so unique and authentic. So in your time as, as race director, uh-huh. about what, what years was that? Um, I still serve as a race director for some events, but really started in 2004-ish, I'd say. We really kind of took off in 06. Um, before, before you took... So I'm, I was trying to go... Somewhere specific, and I know you're probably going to tell a much better story than I'm angling for here. But, sure, hit me. Uh, so in that time, prior to taking over, had you ever directed a race, or was like once you started the events company, this was it? Yeah, so when we when we first started the events company, um, Hurricane Katrina had just hit, and you know, just like anyone else, uh, we wanted to do something for these poor people down in New Orleans, and uh really the start was you know one of our customers at the time was James Carville and Chris was able to connect with him and you know said let's put on an event and we thought we'd get a couple hundred people there and actually ended up we had somewhere around 4,000 show up that morning um and what we saw there was you know really there was this community of people and then there was a demand as well so you know could we do well by doing good um and really creating uh, there, there was just an opening in the market as well. You know, there a lot of a lot of races at the time were really managed by volunteers or um, running groups, so they do a great job. Um, but that was kind of the time period you started to see kind of more of this commercial angle of running and really the expectations of runners um, who maybe wanted to have a more full experience. And and just for Joanna's knowledge, I ha- still have my shirt from that day. <laughs> the Gulf Coast Relief Run, I think I, is what I it have is, it, right? Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. She makes fun of me because all my shirts are Pacer shirts. <laughs> well, that was the first race that we really did. Um, we'd have been involved with the Parkway Classic 
um, as well, which is going on, geez, 31 years, I think, at this point, 32. So, you know, that Chris and I kind of were on this committee, and all of a sudden the woman wanted to retire, and that was a great opportunity for us. So we were able to take over and continue the work that she had been doing. The the Gulf Coast race was I, I remember because I was mm-hmm. I was um, I think you were I helped working. you all out with yeah. that yeah and that was really like in three weeks I mean it was went from from zero to to right. uh, all out in, in three weeks so not really enough time to to realize like how much you really need to do for for one of these races yeah so then the GW Parkway Classic was was really your first ever race right well honestly at that point my first race ever was the national marathon so Mm -hmm. we got you know we got asked to submit an rfp for it we worked with some buddies out of baltimore on the on the event from charm city run so really my first major event working with with race director um keith dowling you know we were kind of the course ops people was a marathon so we went from 5k to marathon within six months so that was a huge learning curve, but ended up working out for us. So how did how did that first marathon go? Uh, you know, it was uh, it was a challenge, but we made it happen. You know, we had about half of it in Prince George's County. It was all over the place, and um, learned a lot of good, valuable skills. And uh, I don't do marathons anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So, th- so then your biggest race has to be the GW Parkway Classic. Absolutely, yes. How was how was your first experience taking that over when when somebody retired and and now you're running this thing for the first time? Yeah, and it, that event is such a community event, and we had you know from the Alexandria City Police to the EMS and whatnot, and you know I didn't really f- find this out until a couple of days later because um, at the time the sponsor was BAE Systems, and you know the race went well and we were really relieved and we probably had three or four thousand people at the race that time. And I find out two days later that we had had a gentleman who had a heart attack at the finish line, which, to be honest, if you're going to have a heart attack, the finish line of a race is probably not a bad place to do it because there's so much medical available. Um, but he happened to be one, like, a pretty high up within BAE Systems with the sponsor. Um, and then... So he just, like, crosses the finish line, and then he just, like, starts, like, clutching his chest because he's having a heart attack? Yeah, I, I mean, that's apparently, and, you know, the medical staff... Or that, did it happen before he crossed the finish line? I'm not quite sure exactly when it happened, but... Did you have uh, D-tags back then or automatic man, racing? Man, it was or? so long ago. Yeah, it was... We uh, we were definitely tagging time, you know, electronically timing at that point. That's what I mean. So we can go back and look at the records to see if, we he, could. if he crossed the mat we or not. Could. We could. Well, I know he finished. I know he no. actually finished. And I'm sure we could look at the photos, too. The photos is... Oh, all, yeah, all of our yeah. photos from that time. Yeah. <laughs> Very <laughs> different 10 years ago than now. Very different experience. Okay, well, so this is... Let's get back to the story at hand. Yeah, sure. I, I was sorry. I was I was just trying to joke around sure. uh, over a serious thing. Sorry about that. Yeah, we don't <laughs> even know if he survived yet. He did survive. Okay. I did know. <laughs> For the record, I did know. Are you done with your story? I think that's about it. That's uh, not my most exciting story, but... Oh, well, then what's your most exciting story? Well, with the Parkway, we've had quite a few near misses. So the year that the first government shutdown was supposed to happen... That was, which actually did happen last year or two years ago before the whole Marine Corps. I know Charlie went over that story. But it, people may not remember that the same issue happened about three or four years ago. Um, and we had to make decisions based on if we could have the race or not. 
and the race was on a Sunday, and Congress passed their funding bill at 11.30 Friday night. So we didn't know for, you know, that whole week, we were just, are we going to have the race? Are we not going to have the race? And, you know, we decided to soldier through and say, you know, if Congress comes through, we're going to do it. Because it's just so impossible to redo a race. It's expensive. People people are training. Um, and we wanted to give everyone an opportunity to actually run. But we also gave a lot of them opportunity to defer if they couldn't make it or we're not sure. Um, but things like that, they cost us a lot of money and cancellation insurance and um, deferments. So, But it was a good exercise in crisis communication. There, there's got to have been a lot of changes in the years. And, and I imagine possibly after Boston, mm-hmm. uh, you've, you've even had to uh, make some changes in, in security protocol. Absolutely. Uh, can you touch on that? Sure. So when Boston hit, we had two major events occurring within 14 days. Um, one was the Nike Women's Half, and then the other was the Parkway Classic. And with the Parkway Classic, um, you know, we had to do no fly zones or no no runner zones. Finish lines became really interesting because you couldn't have crowds around them. Um, and they've lessened up some of their requirements at this point. But you're dealing with, with communities. Some of them have a lot of resources, like Metropolitan Police Department, um, and a lot of them that maybe don't, like Alexandria City. So um, we were doing. We had to do a lot of changes in terms of communication. Bag drops have changed, what you can actually leave um, in trucks. Um, to the Nike Women's Half, which, again, was a massive event, 15,000 people, high profile. Um, they had a few celebrities running, too. Um, and just the, the number and the amount of, um, special, special operations types folks, different, um, we had several different police departments that were involved, um, snipers, you name it, you know, and a lot of this stuff, I don't even know because it was so classified. Wait, there were snipers at the Nike Women's Half? Mm-hmm. Typically like, large like events. government mm-hmm. snipers, not like... Not like bad guy snipers. No, I get that they were good snipers. I just <laughs> mm-hmm. didn't know that they were good snipers. Yeah, there. and you'll see that at a lot of events in the district. They'll, depending on what they've got going on, there's also special vehicles that can detect any sort of chemical, um, so any hot spots. So they, you've got those running. There's a there's a ton that goes into it, um, which is frightening yet comforting at the same time. Um, and then just, you know, and always something seems to happen about 45 seconds before the gun. So it's a lot of having to really, you know, push through the anxiety. Like when you say something seems to happen, you're like, uh... Suspicious the- package, um, oh. suspicious person. We had that one time at an event um, where you had to make a choice if it was... It ended up being a press person who just looked a little sketchy. But um, but you're hearing this over the airwaves, and you're like, well, I've got thousands of people ready to start. And once they, once they start, they start, right? So, But you also have a lot of contingency plans, um, you know, if you have to change it mid-race. You know, so a lot of that came out of Boston um, and really understanding what is it that we need to do to keep everyone safe. What other big races are you involved with? So we've got the big USATF um, 12K Championships. That's coming up in November. The, That's one, what's, the one that Todd's going to win? Todd, yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Todd yeah. is going to to be running in. And that is the third year that Alexandria City is hosting that. Uh, so should be a good field, hopefully, this year. Well, I mean, you have sandwiched Todd in it. So. Well, yes. 
hopefully Todd can um, make the whole 12K. We'll see how he does. So. <laughs> what's what's the worst thing that's ever happened for a race? Besides besides somebody, let's say like this. You said that you didn't hear about the guy having the heart attack until uh-huh. afterwards. You were informed about it. And uh, what what's the worst thing that's happened? Because you, you were saying like, you know, you, you have a, a dodgy press guy. Uh-huh. Uh, probably the time when I grew my beard out and then I showed up at a race. It was, that was probably also, you we were watching. This was, yeah. In the command center. Yeah. Uh, but what's the, not necessarily just like the worst thing as far as like security is concerned, but just like, what's the worst thing that's ever happened in a race? Like you can admit now, like you could be like, well, one GW Parkway, uh, we actually made up everybody's times because the timing didn't work or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, those are the secrets behind race directing. I don't know that I really want to open up that box, <laughs> but I can give you some stories from some other race directors too. Yeah, let's call let's call other races. Yeah, out. like tell them. because well, because what I heard was that that the Pacers events, those races are perfect and flawless. Exactly. Okay, so so from other races in in the I field. can tell you where the things that are that keep you up at night are. If a race course is messed up or the turns go wrong, I had that happen really early on in my career. And so that's why we're so fanatical at about coning and course marshals and whatnot. You mean, you mean like people go off course and go or they the go the wrong way? Because you can't trust, you know, everyone follows the leader, right? Yes, it's exactly. like it's all about herds. So you can't trust the police officers. God bless them. I trust uh-huh. police officers, but you can't trust them to know the course. In, in other counties or districts? It depends on which one you're in. Some of them, yeah. I, I showed up for a major event with 15,000 people to the lead police officers. And typically, depending on an event, you can have one to six lead motors because they do a lot of reacts and whatever. And I walk up and it's 15 minutes before the race. And I said, you guys know what you're doing? Oh, yeah, we know what we're doing. And I looked down at the map and it was the wrong map. They literally had the wrong map and they had, you know, thousands of people behind them so those are the kind of things you learn is you always know you go up and you talk to the police and you give them a map even if they if you think they know the course you're like well really let's just be double let's go over it anyway. yeah i mean i was like yeah. that was last year's course this is not the same one so but you kind of know that with going into it um a, one of my mentors is the um race director that used to he's re- since retired but for baltimore marathon and one year they got all their water station supplies stolen about f- like four hours before the race. Maybe not all the stations, but a lot of them. Like uh, the actual water? Yeah, which is really heavy. Like water is like the yeah. worst thing in the world because it's so heavy. It's hard to transport. So whether like the truck got stolen or something, I don't know. Like those kind of those kind of things happen. So you have to, you have to readjust. So that's a lot of water. You make it's an announcement. You say, everybody get... Hydrate before mile 13, please. Right, exactly. Weather, weather's always a pain. So we've dodged a lot of storms. This this spring, we had to decide if we were going to cancel our St. Patrick's Day event, um, which is a 10K and a 5K, and we decided not to do that. Um, but, we, but you make concessions. So whether people can't make it, um, you know, we always want to look at the at the end user and the runner and the experience. And if we can't create a good experience, then we have to reconsider. I guess that, like, thinking now, probably the, the government shutdowns had to have probably been your worst nightmare. Was it, it was a nightmare. Because that was, like, we had to end up trying to get insurance, and the insurance policy was, like, $15,000, and you and it wasn't really going to cover everything. And for us, the Parkway Classic is our bread and butter. It's what keeps us going throughout the year. You know, we've got 8,000 people, and you just think, these people have been training for this, and it's such a dumb reason 
you know, for, well, I shouldn't get political into it, but it was just not. It's their job to pass the budget. <laughs> That's their job. Well, and it's, you know, you're sitting there and you're talking to Park Service. And I, I remember walking in there and the woman who who does all the permitting, I looked at her and I said, What's my, what is my option? You know, and, and she granted us a rain date. So we had a full plan going mm-hmm. into it after and now we do for any of our major events. You know, what what are our contingencies? What's our health and safety plan? We have a, I think the health and safety plan is about 35 pages. But here's what we do in case of X. <laughs> yeah, it's like when Sandy came through mm-hmm. and they had to cancel the New York City Marathon mm-hmm. uh, at the last minute. And you had all these, these tra- people traveling into the city uh, and making all these arrangements. I mean, and that's, you know, completely out of your, your control. Completely. But how you respond to it is, is in your control. So that's... How did you How did you think uh, Mary did responding to that? Well, I think Mary's amazing. She's a great, great race director. You know, it's not a situation I'd want to put myself in, but you have to think about timing. And, I, and one of the big things for us is making sure everyone knows when you're going to make decisions so that they can make their decisions based off of your timeline. So I know there was a lot of waffling and, you know, Obviously, the New York City Marathon is an incredible economic driver for the city. And, you know, sometimes you just have to sometimes you have to make a call and maybe it's not the right one, but you get someone has to make a call. Well, and I was one of those people that was supposed to run that race. Were you? I was. Yep. So what did you think as a runner, how it was handled? Um, Well, I saw my family uh, is originally from New York, so we have a lot of connections to New York and my best friend still lives there. So my parents traveled over from Jersey, I go up there and we're in New York and there's still like no power in the Lower East Side. And we're like, they can't possibly still have this marathon. So Mm -hmm. we were in the city thinking this, this can't possibly still be happening. But like, you know, I went to pick up my bib and everyone at the expo is like, we're still having the marathon. It's not going to get canceled. And then literally I get text messages from my friends telling me it's, it's canceled. So I hadn't even heard from any sort of communications from their race. I heard Mm -hmm. from other people first. Mm. So I definitely agree it should have been canceled. I was not upset about that at all. But definitely the communication and the timeline was mm-hmm. a problem. You know, we were. Get, I was getting, I'd get tweets about weather and how, why was I not monitoring the streets and the level of ice? And I'm thinking in the back of my head, I could respond to this guy or I could say, actually, I am. And I'm working with DDOT or, v, or you know, and National Park Service. So we have great partners within um within the municipalities that we work with who also have to help make these decisions. So it's not a unilateral decision. You have to get an input from a lot of different places, but no one ever wants to be the one to make the call. And, you know, I found that when we did our, when the St. Patrick's Day event, which brought in that huge storm, if you recall, it was hitting later in the afternoon. Um, You know, some people who told us it was so dangerous, this or that, but in the end we gave them the choice. You could come or you could not come, but that's, that's your choice to make. We're going to still hold the event for people who maybe live close by or can bike there or aren't going to be driving far in. So you can't make them all happy. You can just do what you think is best for the event and for for your participants. Yeah, because I'm sure if you'd cancel that race, there would have been so many people that would have been up in arms about it. Yeah, you know, everyone loves to talk about the weather in D.C. and how good or bad it is. And, you know, everyone thinks it's bad. Right. <laughs> but we actually also have a um alex liggett who is the running weatherman like i'll text him or email him you know what do you think and it's it's great to have that resource as well because mm-hmm. he can kind of look at it for, th- through his lens as a runner which as is a helpful. runner yeah which as we talked about earlier you want to see a doctor who runs you also want to talk to a weatherman who runs yeah exactly. you should have him on the show actually he might be a good option we'll we'll talk to our producer yeah oh okay, it's not <laughs> up to us it really isn't up to us 
Our producer makes all these decisions. Got it. So you you have your finger on the pulse, right? I think so. Yeah. yeah. So what's next in running? Where Where is running going next? Well, I think for running retail, um, you know, I think we really have an opportunity right now. Um, I'm sure you guys have discussed how, you know, running retail sales have slumped a little bit. Um, you know, there's a lot of running stores out there that have um, maybe haven't kept up with the times. So for us, I think we've got this great opportunity to really seize seize the next generation and really do cool things. I, I always say that running specialty was the original experiential marketer um, because we always do runs and we're always in our community and it's all about the run. So one thing that we've looked at is rather than looking at retail and events and training as three separate silos, we really are looking at how do we integrate them all because that's where we're going to find that sweet spot. So you know, rather than talking about races, which I think is actually a bad word because I think it's... Oh, no, the bad word is racists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that too. Uh. But with races, it's like, it's not a race. You know, we want to talk about accomplishments and it's not about training. It's about your journey and it's not about running shoes. It's about tools. So, you know, really stepping back and thinking about the entire runner journey and how we can support that. And I think approaching it from a different angle rather than just shoe units and, and apparel pieces, what are the things that we can get people really excited um, and making running, you know, your life, like your lifestyle? And it's a, it is a lifestyle. So how can we support the runner and really look at run in a different way? Cool. Well, Kathy, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks I know for that, having me. I know you have a busy schedule and you, you have a... Uh, very important uh, lunch meeting. I do. Uh, after this. And, and so we appreciate you taking the time and, and meeting with us. And, and we enjoyed it. And uh, we'll have to have you back soon because we're hungry. <laughs> Perfect. Thanks for having me. Welcome back to Pace the Nation. We want to thank our guest, Kathy Dalby. That was a good spot. Yeah, it's always great to talk to Kathy. Mm-hmm. Did you negotiate a, a pay raise <laughs> while she was here? That was, yeah, off, off air for our listeners. I didn't get to hear that part of it. Well, good for you. Three cents more per hour. <laughs> That's outstanding. Really makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. That'll go a long way. Uh, you know what you could do with that money? You can uh, buy McFarlane USA. DVD. Oh, com- that's the movie about the runners. The runners. I just watched it this week. Did, did, do people still buy DVDs? Is that um, a thing? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think they do. You can still get DVDs, but nobody buys them. Yeah. I don't know how it works how that works why they still make them if nobody buys them but uh however however you do that get it on itunes or so um, it's that good i liked it i mean as far as running movies go um i thought it i thought it worked as a a running movie and a i mean the running part was like a background or back backdrop to the movie it's it's really um a good old hollywood story about people uh underdogs underdogs definite definite underdog story i'm sure somebody else can do do a better description but it's a story that holds water and the uh the the running scenes in it i thought were pretty pretty good pretty authentic there might have been a time when you know maybe the guys might have been running a little bit too fast like there's i mean there's a there was a movie about billy mills who okay. who won the uh the 10k in the 1968 olympics yeah um 
Was it the '68 Olympics or the '64 Olympics? Um, I think it was '64. Yeah, I think he. I think it was he. He won the '64 Olympics. You know, and in that movie, like every cross country scene, these guys are like flat out sprinting the whole way. You know, it's just so unrealistic at their you know their pace and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's I don't know. I thought I thought the McFarland. I thought they did a pretty good job, and they also explained like the the concept of cross country running where it's it's a team and you know the number five runner is important and all that kind of stuff and uh yeah i enjoyed i enjoyed the movie and in fact did they use a, a real cross country team or is it actors because they're high school kids aren't they they're high school kids uh they i don't know um right. we'll have to we'll have to ask rick if they called him up and asked him to be on the uh in the movie well, this—I mean—he did the two hundreds for the pre-movie. I mean, mm-hmm. cross country is different. I don't know if he could have handled that. You know. <laughs> yeah, th- th- I'm pretty sure that they didn't shoot the scene and have everybody go out and run a five k. They probably ran up that hill over and over and over again, like fifty six times. Yeah, uh, probably not fifty six times. They're not all Ricks, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, I liked it. I, I I would I would if anybody wants to watch a movie about runners, I would recommend it. I'll report back. Yeah. We did promise that we were going to read the five-star rating of the week, uh, and that belongs to Paul Lang. Oh, Paul, who, okay. Paul has uh, tweeted to us before in the past, follower. Uh, he says, love the show with an exclamation point. Just one? Just one exclamation point. Okay. But he did give us five stars. Okay, all right. Uh, so we got five stars and one exclamation point from Paul Lang. Uh, really enjoy that. This is his writing. Really enjoy the show. It's a great listen in the car during long drives, exclamation point. Another one. So we're up to two. Farley, I ran on your Moore Cowbell team in Hood to Coast in 2008. Love to hear things are going well for Pacers and yourself. The only request I have is Moore, all capital, Kevin McHale, exclamation point, number three. Make him tell the story of his greatest scalp taken during his career at UVA. Good stuff, guys. Keep it up. Exclamation point! Exclamation point! So we got five exclamation points and five that's stars. Right. So that's that's I mean just amazing. That's that's excellent. Uh, thank you very much, Paul Lang. Great feedback. Appreciate it. And good good feedback on Kevin McHale. I think we we uh, need to talk to our producer about it. But that that's uh, obviously somebody that we should talk to. And we'll take a note that that uh, when we have him on, that we need to ask him the scalp story. When he started to say you need more, I really thought he was going to say meatloaf. Because we get that a lot. Yeah, we do get that a lot. Yeah, I think that the only the only thing I'm concerned about is if we ever play meatloaf, and maybe this should be off air, maybe this shouldn't be on air, but if we ever play meatloaf, then then Peter Russo might stop listening or stop tweeting. Maybe both. You know, he would have been just satisfied. So right. he'll just pack up the Twitter account. Like, just no more listening quit, to podcasts. Quit while he's ahead. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, uh, Paul, for the for the uh, great feedback. We appreciate that, and can't wait to read uh, feedback of the week next week. Get your get your five stars in. So we had some feedback on our Facebook page. Actually, the Pacers running Facebook page. Uh, the Pacers podcast doesn't have a Facebook yeah, page. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think we have one. Yeah, Joanna doesn't believe in Facebook. I and, don't. And uh, when we did our, before we started the show and we, you know, we we made our mantra uh, and, and decided what we were going to have, she said she'd only be involved as long as we never got on Facebook. Although our intern keeps pushing for Facebook. Our intern does push it, yeah. So who's going to win? Our uh, Farley's second choice or, or our <laughs> intern? Who is actually, I think, Farley's first choice for an intern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Farley got his first choice on the intern. So th- 
Ted Hobart wrote on the Pacers running Facebook page, Thank you, Chris Farley and Charlie Band, for the great podcast this morning. Episode 12, 31 minutes, 25 seconds, about my 50 states marathon quest. You all surely know how to make my day go even better. I'm running my 48th U.S. state marathon this coming Friday to Saturday in Lissell, Illinois, at the Christmas in July 24th hour ultra. Checking them off, exclamation point. Uh, thanks for the feedback, Ted. Um, it's pronounced Joanna Russo and William Dox. I know. Uh, I was just wondering if we maybe weren't on that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, good job, Charlie and, and uh, Farley. You guys are, are running a great podcast there. <laughs> yeah, especially today. They're doing a great job. Yeah, yeah. Bring more snacks. So Farley's going to be back soon. Do you have a Do you have an agenda, or, or is there a schedule for for the in store parties, or or is that just like nonstop? Is it Is it just like you mean while Farley is still gone? While Farley's gone, yeah. Is, is it is impromptu, or is there like is there like a schedule to this madness? Um, I mean, definitely, there's always Friday night festivities, mm-hmm. um, and then I mean Saturday is just a crazy day to begin with and mm-hmm. we have to get rid of all of the supplies and oh, the store. clean up Saturday. Yeah. Well, I mean, just to get, make sure that we get all of those margaritas and yeah. beer out of the store before Farley returns. Yeah. Is it any, any possible way that you can blame any of, any of these uh, empty beer cans and, and anything like that on, on the construction crew? Oh, a hundred percent. You know, they smoke outside of the door they, and you constantly have to tell them, uh, hello, this is a running store. Yes. You're, this is not for every run. Not for every run. They do not understand the hashtag. That's crazy. Should we uh, talk about that in the construction update now then? Yeah, let's talk about the construction update. So it's time for the official Clarendon construction update. Um, This might be one of the last Clarendon construction updates we have. Um, The work crews are just about finishing up with all of their stuff that they have left. Um, So they're putting finishing touches on the walls and the heaters inside the store. And then um, just the final placement of bricks around the entrance outside of the store. The the final touches and then... Then what are we going to do with our, our Clarendon construction update segment? Well, it might have to shift to the Navy Yard construction update. Ooh, spoiler. Yeah, just a little teaser for what's to come. But unlike Farley, I'm not going to give too much away. Yeah, that's good. It's Yeah, the show's like way better without Farley, isn't it? <laughs> so almost done there in Clarendon. Almost done. And, and then, uh, yeah, cool. Thanks for listening. This has been Pace the Nation Podcast. Uh, thanks to Kathy for joining us. Joanna, good show. Great show. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, Farley will be back in studio next week. Uh, until then, we have a party in the store to get back to. Uh, and we'll talk to you all next week.
robe in my taxi cab Everybody's looking at me now Like who's that chick that's rocking kicks She gotta be from out of town